Welcome to the Love Marriage Again podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Siobhan Parat. In this podcast, you will receive the wisdom, the insight, and the tools you need to have a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Your marriage is meant to be amazing. Your marriage should be your favorite place to be. Your marriage should bring out the best in you. I'm here to help you create that. In each episode, I'll coach you to improve your communication, build a deeper connection, become a more united team, and experience more intimacy. Here, we have real conversations about what can make marriage hard, and more importantly, how to make it easy. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It's Dr. Siobhan. Welcome back to another podcast episode. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for joining me. Let us say a quick prayer that I do not cough incessantly during the recording of this podcast episode. I don't want to give my podcast editor undue frustration because I'm recording this late past our normal deadline, and I've been coughing, but we're going to (laughs) pray that it goes well and that I don't give her a ton of edits to try to cut out. So today we are talking about when you don't know what to do. What a fun topic. I thought about this for a variety of things. I think there are plenty of times in marriage where you don't know what to do, where it feels like maybe your issues are too big or you're not quite sure how to resolve things. And your brain will deliver to you this idea, I don't know what to do. There's so many times when I'm coaching my clients and that comes up for them where they're just like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. And as a coach, I never believe them. Never. I never believe when anyone tells me I don't know what to do. And here's why. I want to give you the reasons why it may feel true that you don't know what to do, but that it actually isn't. And I think as we have this conversation, this is one of those topics that you can apply to so many areas of your life. Of course, you can apply it to your marriage in terms of solving an issue between your spouse and yourself, um, making plans, making decisions, identifying if the marriage is going to survive even. I think a lot of times people find themselves in a place of like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. You can apply this to parenting. You can apply this to your own personal life and things that you're trying to accomplish. You can apply this to your professional life, your financial life. Literally, there's any place where you have a decision to make, you can apply this process and the things that we will be talking about to that topic as well. But obviously, I'm going to dive in as it relates to marriage. So when your brain offers you the idea that you don't know what to do, many times it comes from a state of overwhelm. 
And that can look like having too many options where you get so bogged down into trying to pick the exact right next step that it becomes overwhelming because your brain could be like, well, you could do this or you could do that or you could do this. You literally have like 20 different options. And in that overwhelming state, it just decides, well, I don't know what to do. And it keeps you not doing anything. When most times when you're overwhelmed with different options, many of them are good options and will move you forward, right? But in the place of feeling overwhelmed, like you have too many options and you quote unquote don't know what to do, you don't do anything. So that's one thing. Just assess for yourself if that might be going on for you. The other thing that I find when people's brains offer them the statement, I don't know what to do, is it's because there is resistance to doing what actually needs to be done. I want you to just think about that. Could it be that you're in the state of, I don't know what to do, because you actually do know what to do, but there's some part of you that is subconsciously or unconsciously resisting doing the thing. So it's almost like your brain won't let you find the answer because you don't really want to take action on the answer or you're like confusing yourself almost like covertly (laughs) where it's like, oh, I don't know what to do. But clearly the answer is there. You just have some resistance to it. So if that's happening for you, I think honestly, the best advice I would offer is just be willing to be brutally honest with yourself, right? I actually know exactly what to do, but I'm scared, or I know exactly what to do, but there's a part of me that doesn't think I can do it, right? Or doesn't think I can handle the emotions that come from doing it, right? So Again, just assess for yourself, could that be what's going on for you? Another thing that I see happen a lot for some of us who have had a set of experiences that have caused us to self-abandon and mute our own inner wisdom, right? So I think the third thing that I see happen sometimes when people are struggling with this idea that they don't know what to do is it comes from just this place of denying their own inner wisdom, of not trusting themselves, of not believing themselves when the inner soul and spirit of your being is telling you the answer. And that's such a tender place to be. Like, can we just have some compassion and some understanding and some grace for being in denial of an inner knowing within ourselves. I think sometimes, especially for me as a person of faith, who is always like seeking God, like, God, speak to me, tell me the answer. So many times it's like, you already know the answer. God has given you this answer a hundred times and a hundred days ago. (laughs) But you are denying the answer, right? Because maybe it's not what you want to hear. Maybe it's not what you you really want to do. And that's okay. That's totally okay. 
And I think, again, the work there is just being willing to be honest with yourself and compassionate and understand why. Like so many times when we're in resistance or we're in denial, it makes good sense, right? It's usually when whatever we're trying to decide or figure out requires a pretty significant shift. And it's scary to make changes. It's scary to do things differently. It's even scary to like learn about yourself, right? Like I have clients who know that they need to do and go certain places with themselves, even me and some of my own awareness. It's like, oh, I know I probably need to spend more time on that area. But it's like, oh, that's so scary, right? Like, I don't know what I'm going to find when I go there. And that's okay, right? Like, we just want to have compassion for it. Because I think to tell yourself an untruth about it keeps you stuck longer. And it also keeps you shaming yourself, which creates an additional block to your healing and to your progress into moving yourself forward. Another thing that I often see when people have the thought that I don't know what to do is just decision fatigue, right? Like we are confronted with a million and one decisions every single day. And so sometimes your brain will just want to lay down and be like, I don't want to make a decision. I don't have the energy to make a decision. I don't know what to do. Again, the solution is to being onto yourself. And I think if you have decision fatigue, sometimes it's really okay to just consciously decide, I'm not going to make a decision about this right now. At least then, again, you're just telling yourself the truth. I'm just not going to make a decision. I know a decision needs to be made. I have some inclination for what that decision needs to be, but also I don't have the energy bandwidth to do that right now. That's also okay. Other reasons I see that people are confronted with the idea that they don't know what to do is they're on the heels of maybe a string of disappointing and discouraging situations. So I call this like a discouragement hangover where it's like, well, I tried this and I tried that and I tried this other thing and I tried that other thing and none of it worked, right? They're in a state of feeling so discouraged that it's easier to just say, I don't know what to do because then when you don't know what to do, you don't do anything. And then you don't have to face additional discouragement. You don't have to face additional disappointment because you're not doing anything. So if that's you, that's also okay, right? You want to just realize honestly and truthfully, there's always something else that can be done. Now, it may look a little bit differently than what you've been trying, but there's always something else that can be done. I'm going to give an example. Sometimes I have clients come to me, maybe they're working together as a couple and you know, they're just not able to get over whatever the issues are to get to a better place in the relationship. And when people find themselves really, really stuck, almost like in an impasse, what I actually recommend is to stop trying to fix the marriage, right? It's almost like you're trying to put a square peg in a round hole 
to stop doing that and to take your individual pieces and work them and shape them and mold them and heal them and cultivate them so that you can come back together and fit together and progress together and move past the impasse. So I offer that as an example because sometimes when you've tried a lot of things and it feels like none of it is working, it doesn't mean that nothing will work. It just might mean that there's a radically different approach that you need to take to helping it work, if that makes sense. Hopefully you followed that. All right. And then the last thing that I often see is we'll have this idea that I don't know what to do because you're afraid of the consequences if you do the thing that you actually know you should do. Did you catch that? (laughs) Right? It's fear. It's fear of like, oh my gosh, if I do X, Y, and Z, then this other thing is going to happen. I see this a lot when it comes to bringing up conversations in a marriage. So many times my clients will be like, well, I don't want to talk about that because they're just going to get mad or they're just going to dismiss it or they're just going to do whatever, right? And I've said to them, I'm like, well, none of us are psychics and let's get out of the like projected fortune telling because we don't know. But you can acknowledge that I'm hesitant to bring this up because I'm afraid that this is what's going to happen. So the theme that I'll offer you in all of these examples that keep you in a state of perceived confusion really just comes from not telling yourself the truth about what's going on. And maybe another one that I could probably add to this is like you're afraid to admit what you really want. So None of this makes you a bad person. None of this makes you like doomed to be stuck in the land of confusion forever. But it is important that you identify for yourself if there's any place in your life or any place in your marriage where you do feel confused, that you can really take an honest and good look at why. Why does it feel like you're confused? What's underneath the confusion? Because I'm pretty sure it's one of these things. So, How do you overcome it? You know that I love giving you practical steps and tools that you can actually use today. The first thing that I want to say for anyone experiencing confusion is to just start with what you do know. Our brains love to hyper-focus on problems. Our brain loves to hyper-focus on what is unknown because it's scary, right? It's uncertain. And so it's very easy to just be like, well, I don't know what to do because I don't know if this and I don't know if that. But what do you know? Right? I think Oprah is, you know, credited with asking the question of like, what do you know for sure? Because I guarantee you there is something you know for sure. So start there and don't put so much pressure on yourself to have the perfect right answer. What do you know? Just what do you know for sure? Start there. The second thing I want to offer is to ask yourself what could go right. Again, many of the reasons we stay in a state of confusion is because we're afraid of what's going to go wrong or we're uncertain about things, but we expect that it's not going to go well. But if you start asking yourself like, well, what could go right? If I make this decision, what could go right? It just 
resets and reframes and puts you in a state of having a positive expectation. And whenever you're in a more positive state focused on positive possibilities, your brain will automatically feed you more solutions. It's just how it works. So ask yourself, what could go right? The third thing is to give up perfection and to take the next best step, not the perfect next step. I had this happen to me recently. I was trying to make some decisions in my business and I literally sat for like two weeks in indecision. And my brain was offering these very thoughts of like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, well, if I do that, what's going to happen? And after a while, I just had to say, it's not going to be perfect. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You're just looking for progress here. What's one next step that you can take? And oftentimes when I do this, I will brainstorm all of the next steps and just pick one. And I have a really good friend um, who a lot of times when I come to her trying to brainstorm things or trying to make a decision, she'll just ask me so simply, well, like, well, what do you want to do? Like with that tone, with that like lightness and that easiness, because my brain, I'm a good rule follower. So a lot of times I'm like, well, I should do this and I should do that. And I should, I like, I'm working to undo that programming and just really follow what feels aligned to follow what feels like the right next thing for me, whether I'm certain it's going to produce the exact result that I want or not. And I think this is really important, especially in marriage, because one of the great things that's available to us is endless opportunities to get it right. Right. In the span of a week, you may have a proportion of conversations that go really well and a proportion of conversations that go really poorly. But you have another week to get it together. Right. Now, I'm not saying that from a place of like, well, just don't try to have productive conversations because there's always more time. Tomorrow's not promised to anyone. But I do think that for some of us, we spend so much time in indecision because we're trying to get it perfect. We're trying to do the exact right thing to get the exact right outcome that we want. And that leads me to the next step, which is number four, which is just being willing to fail and keep trying. I think so many of us, we put failure as like the final step where it could just be a comma, not a period, right? Be willing to fail and keep going. So if you've brainstormed all the next steps you could possibly take and you take one and it doesn't work, then you just go back to the list and take the next one and have a mindset of experimentation of like, I'm just figuring this out. I'm willing to figure this out and it's worth it right? It's worth figuring this out. And then the last step that I want to offer you is trust yourself to handle any emotion. Because again, so much of confusion and existing in a state of inaction comes from not trusting yourself to be able to handle any any emotion. (laughs) I was going to say disappointment because usually I'm personally trying to avoid disappointment. I have a really 
interesting relationship with the emotion of disappointment. I'm not going to say it's a hard relationship because I'm learning to embrace it and I'm learning to love it. But I know that so many times indecision for me shows up when I feel like I'm going to be disappointed and I don't want to feel that way. So I have to constantly remind myself and I encourage you to do the same. You can handle any emotion. Right. I have a mentor that said once in a video, she's like, you're not so fragile that you can't handle being disappointed. Like you're not going to crumble just because you're disappointed. And I know for some things, depending on what you're considering, that might seem very like cavalier and almost dismissive. And it's not intended to be that way at all. But I do think that sometimes we underestimate how strong we are. We underestimate how resilient we are. We underestimate how resourceful we are. And I think we also sometimes underestimate how much God is on our side and how any disappointment can ultimately be turned around for our good. And I know that the more I lean into this idea that like I can trust myself in any emotion, God's got me. I'm supported, right? I'm held. I will never be alone. Then the world feels safer. My decision-making process feels safer and I'm less afraid to fail, which then means I'm taking more action. I'm less in confusion because I'm just willing to try a lot of different things. So I hope this has been helpful for you. I will tell you, I didn't make it through the whole episode without coughing. (laughs) But you won't hear those because they will get edited out. But I did make it. So here we are at the end when you don't know what to do. When you don't know what to do, you actually do. That is the bottom line. That is the take home message. I would love for you to really sit with this, with whatever decision is in front of you, with whatever direction you are contemplating, with whatever is on your heart to move forward in your life. When you don't know what to do, you always know what to do. There's just some emotion or some limiting belief that is getting in the way. You want to identify what it is and you want to move forward even with the thought. Thank you so much for tuning in. There's things happening over here in my coaching practice that I just want to make you aware of. I have reopened the doors to the marriage upgrade, which is my six month coaching program for couples, mostly high achieving couples. I find that I have a great affinity and great ability to coach very high achieving couples. There's a certain mindset um, and emotional temperament that many of us high achievers have. And so I've been leaning into that, just leaning into that gifting, leaning into that space for myself. And so if you and your partner consider yourself high achieving or ambitious or type A kind of people, you are my people and you are the people that will gel well with the rest of the people already enrolled in the program. It's an amazing group of individuals, amazing group of couples. I invite you to join, to join us. The doors are open. 
this week only until September 1st, 2023, you can go to my website and of course, click the marriage upgrade tab. And if you have any questions about the program or even any questions about working with me, I highly, highly, highly encourage you to go ahead and book a complimentary consultation. I would love the opportunity to speak with you, to get to know you, to hear what's going on for you, and to share with you how my coaching programs can help you because I know that they can. If you love this podcast, if any of the content I share resonates with you, then coaching together will just 10x all of that. You will get exactly what you need to create the results that you want in your life and in your marriage. So you can go to my website, drshavon.com, see all the juicy details about the marriage upgrade. The retreat is in September, which is literally right around the corner. I would love to see you there. I would love to be your coach and I would love to work with you. So if you would like the same, drshavon.com, click marriage upgrade, learn all about it. Or if you want to schedule a consultation call with me, you can click the work with me tab and book your call directly into my calendar there. Thanks so much for tuning in. I will be back with you next week for another episode. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in. And now a question for you. What did you get out of this episode? The most important part of this work is applying what you hear. I hope you'll do that. And if you loved this podcast, you will love working with me directly even more. I invite you to my website, drshavon.com, to learn about my coaching programs and any live masterclasses I may be hosting. And of course, we will meet right back here for the next episode of the podcast. Until then, keep loving your marriage again.